scripture is Luke 12, 13 through 21. It's the parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The word of God for the preacher, people of God. You know, after I won the lottery last night, or Friday night, or I don't even know when it was, I figured I'd be able to preach better on this, because I'd be building a whole lot of barns. But you know, we, we do that. We don't wait to win the lottery. We do that. How many of us have more than three pairs of shoes? No, Sissy, I didn't point you out. Karen, are you here today? My fashion fascist. How many shoes do you have? You were just minding your business and got dragged into a sermon again. Been known to happen. That's the problem. I've got about seven pairs. You want to talk about dresses or suits, preacher suits? You know, we can come up with great excuses. I'm a preacher, I need a new suit. Well, I don't have one in this color. I need another new suit. And these stoles, you know, they're really nice, but they don't last forever. I need new stoles. Now, I'm trying to be careful here. I've actually known preachers who would say that from the pulpit, and they would get them from their congregation. I will buy my own stoles, people. Y'all have blessed me enough as it is. And that is not the way I want you to use your money. I want you to use it to build God's kingdom, which will remind you God does not need our help. But God invites us to do that. God invites us to do that. You know, the odds of winning the lottery were 1 in 325 million, something like that, 305 million. And yet, think of all the hope, the false hope, that was waving its ugly head across this land. 
Let us pray. Lord, remind us that not only the greatest hope, but the only true hope comes from your hand. Help us to arrange our lives accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. And just as an aside, if you do win the lottery, I expect 10% for the church. Where does money fall on your list of priorities? I always looked at money as a tool, a way to care for my family, to pay for food and clothes and utilities for a house and taxes and vacations and other things that pop up. And most of all, a tool to help my church make disciples and teach the faith and help those in need. But these verses challenge me to look again. Where does money fall on my list of priorities? Most people, if they're asked, is money important? They'd say, yeah, it's how I do this and this and this. All these good things. It's how I pay for braces. It's how I pay for my child's education. They would say it's very important. But let me ask you this. In answering that question, they've already shown that other things are more important. Money's just the tool. What would you put on your list that is more important than money? Your list of priorities. My relationship with God? That would head my list. Faith? The church? Raising Christians? Making disciples? These all get the greatest chunk of my time and my attention. They are my highest calling and my first priority. Sissy used to tell people that she was my second wife, that the church was my first wife. I'm okay with that, and she knows it. God has to be my highest priority. Otherwise, what I will be offering her is a way second best. That's the way it should be. I am doing pre-marriage counseling with my closest friend's daughter and her fiancé. If God isn't a priority, they're on their own. And if God isn't their highest priority, they are doomed to live what will always be a way second best life. Family would be much higher than money on my list of priorities. Sissy, my horrible daughter and her wonderful husband, the cutest grandchild and smartest too in the whole wide world. It's amazing how many of them exist. My sisters and cousins, Sissy's family, 
even her brothers? My friends. My friends would be so much higher on my list than money. Money wouldn't even be able to see friends on the list. They'd be so far away. I wouldn't trade them for all the money in the world. Joy, trust, mercy, compassion, loyalty, respect, generosity, kindness, love, righteousness, health, my hobbies, reading. I'm always reading something. I'm sure you understand the point that I'm making. When we really think about our priorities, most of us would say, oh, it's got to be money. Money's going to be high on the list. But when you think about it, it's not. I could lose every penny. My bank account, our pension, mutual funds, our savings, property, I could lose it all, and I would still be an incredibly wealthy person. My friends might even move higher on the list when we move in with them. But they would be there for us. Of that I am sure. What does your list of priorities look like? And what does it say about you? My list reminds me that there is a huge difference between possessions and treasures. I possess a job, but I treasure a lifetime of ministry. I possess a car, but I treasure the freedom it gives me. I possess a heart, but I treasure love. In the parable, we are told what this farmer possesses, but we aren't told much about what he treasures. He's financially successful. We might even see him as savvy and wise. He's investing in his future. He's building more barns to store his abundance, his abundance of grain, to live the good life. He's certainly not the first person to have that retirement dream where all you have to worry about is whether you turn left or to the right to get a better suntan? So what did this man do wrong? Believe me, when God shows up and calls you a fool, it is more than likely that you have done something wrong. It's pretty certain. So what did this man do wrong? He was securing his future. That sounds responsible. That sounds like the prudent thing to do. But what was so awful about that, that God would call him a fool. Did you know the Bible says we're not supposed to call anybody a fool? If you're God, you can break that rule. 
Read this parable again. How many times do you hear the words, I, me, I'll, mine? Go ahead, count them, I'll wait. No, I won't. It's lots and lots, especially for so few verses. I, me, mine, my. This farmer was trusting his temporary future here to his earthly possessions and doing nothing to secure his eternal future. Let me ask you one of the most serious questions you'll ever be asked. If an atheist says, there is no God, and makes no place for God in their lives, and if a Christian says, yes, there is a God, but also makes no place for God in their lives, What's the difference? If an atheist says no God and acts like it, and a Christian says yes God but doesn't act like it, what's the difference? It took me years. This is shameful. It took me years before I came across a church council that prayed, that sought God's plans. So many church councils were making their own plans, trusting their own wisdom, trusting their work, and the future of their churches to themselves. Is the only place God ever gets mentioned in a church council when we get to the opening bell, I mean the opening prayer? We are the people of God. We know things have to be different. We must seek God's face. We must pray to discern and to do God's will. To be directed by the Holy Spirit. And not to move until we are moved at the Lord's command. Otherwise, we are the ones who say, yes, there is our God, but who then make no place for God in our lives. When was the last time you sought God's will for your family? For your job? For your retirement? For your friends? For your treasures? Your true treasures in life? And not just prayed for them, but sought God's will. For them. Please don't say yes, God, and then leave God out. Because no one likes being called a fool. Amen.